All right, Wrestling With Theology fans, this is Pastor Doug Minton, and we are digging deeper into the book of Revelation. And as we celebrate in America the day of Thanksgiving, you may wonder why I didn't try to make last week's one the day for Thanksgiving recording and not what we have today. Because what we have is that ooh, the dragon has figured out that he has been thrown down to the earth to chase after us. Well, as we look at the text today, we see that we can be thankful because even though the dragon chases after us, God's creation does not even allow him to gather and gobble us up. So let's look at it as we look at Revelation chapter 12, verses 13 to 17. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. And the serpent poured out water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. But the earth came to the help of the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured out from his mouth. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. So far, our text this week. Again, great imagery that God gives John here. But let's look at it. Verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. Ecumenius says, when the dragon saw himself in these bad circumstances and that he had fallen from his angelic rank, he became exceedingly bitter against humankind and persecuted the woman who had given birth to the savior of humankind in order that he might kill her. He pursued the woman, for he knew that her child was too great to be captured. And he envied people their salvation from the Lord, for he could not tolerate such a change that while he had been expelled from heaven, people would ascend from earth to heaven through virtue. So again, Ecumenius thinks that the dragon is incensed at us because we actually have the chance of salvation where he does not. So what happens? The woman was given the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. Dr. Brighton says the two wings of the great eagle is reminiscent of the care by which God secured the people of Israel in the wilderness pilgrimage. In Exodus 19.4, the Lord God reminds the people of Israel, I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. So we have that in Exodus 19.4. We also have in Deuteronomy 32, He found him in a desert land and in the howling waste of the wilderness. He encircled him. He cared for him. He kept him as the apple of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that flutters over its young, spreading out its wings, catching them, bearing them up on its pinions. Or as Psalm 91.4 says, He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. Or Isaiah 40, verse 31. They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Promasius in the 3rd century says, As though they were wings, the church uses the two testaments. For taught by them and instructed in their precepts, she strives to avoid the snares of the enemy, and being fashioned to follow their examples, she overcomes. Moreover, the church is guided by the twofold love of God and the neighbor. The place of solitude is this place of our earthly sojourn, for while we are in the body, we are away from the Lord, 2 Corinthians 5, 6. 
And this is especially true of the heart that does not go away from the world by way of place, but by way of affection. As the prophet says, Behold, I fled afar off and remained in solitude. I awaited him who might save me. Psalm 55, 7-8 It is proper that here he used the image of the eagle. For it can fly to greater distances than other birds. Yet when it sees its prey from afar, moved by its natural needs, it immediately swoops to low levels. Such is the church also. For although in her spiritual members she seeks and ponders in her mind that which is above, yet burdened by the weakness of the body, she submits to the requirements of bodily needs. Because of this, she groans in travail until now. For the creation is subjected to futility, not of its own will, but on account of him who subjected her in hope. Romans 8, 20-22 and again, for either we are beside ourselves for God, or we are in our right mind for you. Second Corinthians 5.13 The period of three years and six months signifies that time up to the end of the world, during which the church increases and flees the worship of idols and every error of the serpent. So again, we have this three and a half years, this 1,260 days, or this time, times, and half a time in this verse. But the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with the flood. Dr. Brighton says the fact that the dragon is referred to as the serpent again indicates that in the dragon's warfare against the woman, the most dangerous onslaught against her will be the temptation to leave the truth of Christ in the quest to become her own God in wisdom and saving care. The same temptation by which the serpent successfully lured Eve and Adam in Genesis 3. Though God cares for the woman by hindering and restraining the serpent, nevertheless the serpent causes her much anxiety and pain. The serpent spewed out of his mouth a raging flood of water like a river in order to drown the woman. In great terror the woman cries out, and God hears her cry and responds by causing the earth to swallow the river. We have numerous instances of ideas like this, where Psalm 18, verses 4 and 5, the cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. Or Psalm 65, 7. Who stills the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, the tumult of the peoples? Or Psalm 93, 3-4. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. And Psalm 124, Two to five. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Now, of course, the most obvious example of this, aside from the Psalms, is Numbers 16, the rebellion of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Now Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, son of Levi, and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, the son of, and On, the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. And they rose up before Moses with a number of the people of Israel, 250 chiefs of the congregation, chosen from the assembly, well-known men. They assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said to them, You have gone too far, for, in, for all in the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? And Moses said, Hereby you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, and that he has not been of my own accord. If these men die as all men die, or if they are visited by the fate of all mankind, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord creates something new, and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them, and they go down alive to Sheol, then you shall know that these men have despised the Lord. 
And as soon as he had finished speaking all these words, the ground under them split apart, and the earth opened its mouth and swaddled them up, with their households and all the people who belonged to Korah and all their goods. So they and all that belonged to them went down alive to Sheol, and the earth closed up over them, and they perished from the midst of the assembly. And all Israel who were around them fled at their cry, for they said, Lest the earth swallow us up. So just as it was a judgment against Korah and Dathan and Abiram and their followers, so also the opening up of the earth to swallow the dragon's river flood is a direct judgment against him. We move on to verse 16. But the earth came to help the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured out from his mouth. So we had all these, especially the Dathan and Abiram story leading up to this. And we have in Isaiah 43, But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. So we have here the promise that even in the midst of all of the troubles that Satan can put up against us, God is still with us. He has redeemed us. In baptism, he has called us by name. So then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. So the dragon's plans for the church in Christ are thwarted. So then he goes after not the main focus of the church, but he goes after individual Christians. And that is where we come back to Isaiah 43, that God is not speaking just to corporate Israel, not just to national Israel, but to each individual believer in God. Every individual believer in Christ, that God has brought you through the waters, especially in our New Testament times, the waters of baptism. He has made us his own children, and he will be with us. This is why this is the recording for Thanksgiving, because we are absolutely thankful for this, that we have refuge from the attacks of the devil. And again, we look next week to chapter 13 and the things intensify once again. But in all of this, God has redeemed you. God will be with you when the waters come after you. When the flood seeks to sweep, sweep you away, God will be with you. God will protect you. God will save you because he has already saved you in Christ. And that is why we gather together, whether it was last night or this morning, to worship our God, to offer him the thanks that is due not just one day a year, but every day of our lives, with every breath of our lives, we come together because he has redeemed us. All right, that's it for this week. Next week, we get into the first beast of Revelation. Great topic to talk about, but that is next week. Until then, this is Pastor Doug Minton, thanking you for being here, digging in the scriptures with me. And I pray that this call to thanksgiving strengthens you so that you may wrestle with the theology around you. Amen.